Popcorn Heist is an interactive community of pop culture lovers that spans multiple mediums. We dive deep into TV shows and movies of the past, present, and future to bring you the hottest takes and the coldest truths. Do you have what it takes? Join the heist. I'm starting. Yes, sir. <clears throat> What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Popcorn Ice, the podcast. I'm Nick. I'm Jake. And in this year of 2022, we are still getting Star Wars content, and I am very excited to discuss. We're here for it. Yeah. I know. It's been, we had a long, long string of Marvel content for a while. And I know. I know, and hopefully we have some more Star Wars content coming in 2022. Um, they just officially released the Obi-Wan poster, correct? Just today, which is yeah. super exciting. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll be getting a Super Bowl trailer. I, I really hope so. I hope so, so I'm too. Surpri- I'm surprised it's not coming out on May the 4th, but I guess like... Maybe they needed the extra few weeks. Take the extra Isn't May, May the 4th on a Wednesday also, and they've been releasing episodes on Wednesdays? I bet you like... Oh my god, I, you would hate this, but I bet you like Andor will premiere like on May the fourth and no. Oh my god, is Andor even coming out anytime soon? Because I honestly couldn't care less. They <laughs> they said twenty twenty two, but who knows? Like, well, I don't I care. Don't they could hold off on that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, Literally, I'm my like the most not not my least favorite, but the most irrelevant character in Star Wars. Yeah, pretty much. Um, no, I think like they would release maybe Bad Batch season two. Mm. Uh, on may the 4th yeah usually the animated shows sneak up on you quicker they don't always yeah. release them as as early um yeah yeah but we're excited you know <laughs> I, i've been like on such it really is like whenever there's a long string of marvel content like i really am like on a huge marvel kick mm. and i just think about it all the time and then like now because of we're talking about the book of boba fett today uh like i've literally in this mood where i just think about star wars every single day so i can't wait to like it's been bottled up, and I gotta like get it out. Now. Yeah, we have so. been talking Marvel, and I'm very excited to talk Star Wars. Yeah. All right, but uh, before we get into that, for the uh, for those of you who are joining for the first time, Popcorn Heist is a brand that Nick and I created to share movie and TV content created by diehard fans. But Popcorn Heist, the podcast, this show is a show where we could specifically nerd out about specific franchises that we love the most, like Marvel, Game of Thrones, Avatar: The Last Airbender, and in this case, Star Wars. So we release new episodes on Thursdays, and if you like an episode you listen to, we ask you to please give us a follow and review on iTunes because it really helps the show grow. And we'd be remiss if we also didn't mention the other podcast on the Popcorn Heist Network called A Simp's Guide to the MCU, where the relationships, romances, and bromances of the Marvel Cinematic Universe are discussed with Alyssa and Kelly. And if you want more pop culture content, such as blog posts, rankings, brackets, and Trivia Tuesday, visit us online at popcornheist.com. Follow us on Instagram at Popcorn Heist and TikTok at Popcorn Heist. Woo! Join the heist. Um, <laughs> anyway, speaking of irrelevant Star Wars <clears throat> characters, today we're discussing the Book of Boba Fett. And for years, <laughs> for years, uh, pre-Mandalorian and, and pre I guess pre-Mandalorian season two, Jake and I would always talk about how Boba Fett is like the most relevant Star Wars character. Literally all of his lines in the original trilogy can fit inside a tweet, inside a 140 character old school tweet. <laughs> um, so really didn't do much. Pretty irrelevant, but everyone loved him for some reason. Um, Mandalorian <laughs> kind of picked that up a little bit and now yeah. he's got his own show. 
so I would I I maybe I'll 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 retcon what I said. Uh, maybe not irrelevant, but like overhyped for sure. Yeah. And did this show solidify that or not? Maybe. We'll see. Perhaps. Um, <laughs> but yeah, before we get into all the Boba Fett stuff, uh, I think we should introduce our guest, who's a huge Star Wars fan. Uh, Trent mm-hmm. and I actually met a few months ago. He's friends with my current roommate, and uh, we bonded over Star Wars and have been texting about Boba Fett ever since. Uh, every episode, we pretty much texted each other since we got each other's number. So um, I'll let himself introduce himself and uh, try and give us a little bit of a lowdown of how you got into Star Wars, uh, what makes you love Star Wars, things like that. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, so I, Star Wars was my first, like, first real love in terms of, like, media content, stuff like that. Love Star Wars. I mean, I remember, like, probably a lot of people our age do, like, being that, like, seven-year-old kid going to see, like, Revenge of the Sith in theaters. Um, like, I was from that kind of intermediate generation where, like, I grew up with the prequels, which some people might find disgusting some people might love i love the prequels grew up with them um but yeah i mean like i've always been immersed in star wars i love star wars i love the content love the universe um so yeah i mean this was another one of those shows that like disney's putting out in the new era and i'm so excited to talk about it what is your favorite star wars movie is it revenge of the sith uh no i think it's the last jedi Oh, really? he better be joking. <laughs> we was, just released no. an episode kind of shitting on The Last Jedi. Uh, oh no, it is not The Last Jedi. Um, absolutely not The Last Jedi. I'm going to say... Ooh. I'm going to say Rogue One. Ooh. I'm going to say Rogue One. I love that choice. I'll accept that take. I think that it is... It is its own thing. It's its own thing in the universe, and it is definitely one of my favorites. A very rare Star Wars movie. I, th- I was thinking about this recently. Is like when that was coming out. I feel like we barely heard anything about it. There was like barely any marketing. I really like didn't know what I was going to see. In t- like I knew the overall premise, but then we walked out having seen some of the best Star Wars in a long time. And I even think I have a theory, and I know that we're here to talk about Boba Fett, but I have a theory that the reshot version is not as good as the original version. Because if you remember, they had to go through months of reshoots on that movie. My theory is that this exists somewhere in the Disney vault, that there is a version of Rogue One in which Darth Vader personally hunts down each one of the main characters in that movie, and they thought it was too dark for kids. I want to see that copy. I want to see that movie. I want to see that movie where Darth Vader hunts every person down in Rogue One. The violence, I want it. But we did get the Vader hallway scene, and actually, Jake and I were just texting last night about um, our top five Star Wars moments, and the hallway scene was in both of our top five Star Wars moments. Um, yep. It was actually, uh, it might have not even been fifth. It was like, it was somewhere between three and five. I don't remember both of our lists. We changed it's, it a few times. It's funny because we were talking like jokingly, like, oh, top best Star Wars moments and giving like the Mimi moments. But then I was like, I don't even know if I could do top five. And we just, literally blurted out the same exact list yeah like, yeah like, like, no, no, the same exact list so that just shows like there's so much synergy here yes with, the popcorn yeah. heist much synergy yeah anyway um uh so wait trent, trent i gotta ask one more question before we get into boba fett is yeah what, what what's your evidence for that theory on the the cut of rogue one so my evidence that it exists somewhere it, it may not exist exist entirely However, 
Um, if you think about the trailers for Rogue One, okay. when the, when we were coming out, like you have the scene where um, Jin is like walking out at the top of the Citadel, and like the Tie Fighter comes up face to face with her. Yeah. Was never in the movie. Okay, like there were so many shots in those original trailers, like the uh, the scene where she's being interrogated by like the the Rebel intelligence. She's like, "I'm a rebel. I rebel." Like I think Jin was supposed to be a much more like fight the power, fight the resistance kind of character than she really was. Mm-hmm. And we never got any of that in the original movie. So I think it was, it was Kathleen Kennedy trying to nerf Star Wars and say <laughs> this is too gory and violent for little kids. And I want to see that original violent Rogue One. I think it'd be insane. I, I would I would have loved that. Hashtag release the original Rogue One. It's gotta give, the, give the people <laughs> what they want. Um, but anyway... Uh, as we said, much synergy in Popcorn Heist. Jake and I were roommates in college, bonded over quotes, and every episode of Popcorn Heist, we start with a quote. However, going to do something a little bit different this time, something a little bit more accurate uh, to mine and Jake's relationship and friendship and really how we bonded over quotes, where one of us would blurt out a super random quote that no one else would get, and then the other one would get it. Um, and I pretty much wouldn't take no for an answer. I had the perfect quote for this episode, and I didn't tell Jake what it is. Usually we go into episodes both knowing what the quote is, but this time, nope. Um, so I'm going to say the quote, and then I'm going to give Jake a chance to get it. And if you can't get it, Trent, it's it's you. It's all you. Um, so before you say that, I just want to say an overall blanket statement. Spoilers for the Book of Boba Fett and I guess the Mandalorian and all of Star Wars. But let's be honest, if you watch the Book of Boba Fett and you're mad that we're spoiling Star Wars, stop listening. <laughs> <laughs> And actually, this quote is not from the book of Boba Fett. I'll tell you right now. Um, and the quote is, Boba Fett? Boba Fett? Where? <laughs> Return of the Jedi. When, uh, nice. Okay. And it is the only time Boba Fett is mentioned the act by name in the original trilogy. Oh, you're, 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 you're right. Yeah. Okay. So... Perfect quote. Only time it was mentioned in the original trilogy. Also, Han, like, can't see, so he's looking for him. And I honestly felt like, while I was watching the show, I was doing the same thing. <laughs> so, is it is it sad that when you said the quote, my first thought was not Return of the Jedi, but it was the Family Guy spoof of it? <laughs> where he's like, Boba Fett, where? He's like, oh, he, he fell in the pit. Like, he, he, fell. <laughs> he fell like 10 minutes ago. Yeah, literally. Most useless character in Return of the Jedi, and everyone loved him for some reason. And I gave him a huge backstory in uh, in the prequels, and now we have our own show. But um, yeah, so so nice of Temuera Morrison to make a cameo in uh, Mandalorian show. Yeah, literally in Mandalorian season three that we got. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, honestly though, like as uh, before, we get into the details of Boba Fett. Is I feel bad for Temuera Morrison a little bit that like I feel like he got slighted with this series a little bit. You think and so? I guess that. I think so a little bit. Hmm. I didn't think of it like that. But can I tell you what I thought the quote actually was? Because mm. um, when we were getting ready for this episode, uh, for you listeners out there who weren't behind the scenes, is Nick was testing out uh, finding the exact quote, and Trent picked up the Wilhelm scream, which is uh, classic if you've seen Star Wars, and it's in a lot of movies. It's that classic like scream whenever somebody falls or gets thrown somewhere, and they used it in the finale, and I caught this moment just watching it a second time before the episode you're gonna love this i don't know if you guys caught this but boba is riding the rancor the rancor has one of the droids in a headlock 
and Boba Fett goes, do it. And he like, <gasps> oh, like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, dude, it's like my favorite Star Wars quote. <laughs> so I, in preparation for this podcast today, wrote down some of my thoughts from the final or from the finale today. And the exact line written on my paper is Wilhelm scream slash do it equals chef kiss. <laughs> like it I was... didn't even notice to do it. <laughs> I uh watching this finale, uh I, I like I audibly laughed, which is something that I don't typically do when I'm watching movies or TV shows, but I had to laugh. It was it was fantastic. It was a perfect callback. Like I think that there were some excellent, excellent callbacks to the prequels, to the original trilogy. Um I mean this is just it, this is another instance where Filoni and Favreau know how to do fan service the right way without making it feel forced. And I loved it. I like the opinion. So I guess, I guess with that, we'll, we'll kick it right off into the overall discussion of what we feel like the show did well and what it didn't do well. So you're saying fan service is one of the things you like the most uh, so far. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I think the, the very subtle, like, I really think that throughout the content that they've done and and I think it showed in, in Boba Fett was like, it doesn't feel forced when Dave Filoni and John Favreau write content where you're being taken into other eras. Um, like for me, like it felt cool. Like the opening scene of this series is Boba Fett, like having a vision going back to Kamino. And I'm like, I'm looking at Kamino and I'm like, this is fantastic. Like this is taking place after return of the Jedi. And I'm looking at a planet that only existed in the prequels. Mm. Like, I love how it doesn't feel forced. It feels like, these character arches are seamless no matter what time period they're going through. And it feels awesome because it makes the universe feel immersive. I will say that I, I do agree with you that building this world of the Mandalorian, that they're doing a much better job of including more consistent Easter eggs and fan service than the sequels ever did. Like the only thing I could think of a, of a nod to the prequels is the cloning plot that was shoved into episode nine and then like a battle droid in the back of in the back and, scene of and like, do it and do it yeah <laughs> <laughs> but um that that's definitely a strength of this series i think there was a lot of deep cuts which like you could see they did it in the mandalorian with the dark troopers it's like from an old star wars game like i forget the name of the, the game that it's from but book of boba fett like had black chrysanthemum from the comics which like i didn't know before and i wasn't a comic reader of, of star wars but for fans of the comics that must have been awesome you know um i think that a, a great strength of this series was like you said elements from the clone wars elements from the original trilogy from the prequels from the sequels as well um definitely something i enjoyed not sure if i completely was happy with how they developed some of them i think some of them they kind of just like dangled it in front of us and i was like all right come on this is a boba fett show give me a little bit more than that i would have liked to see maybe some more callbacks to his relationship with his father Django, how he felt after moving on from Django, like that time after the clone war series where we don't really know what happened to Boba Fett, you know? Yeah, I can, I can agree with that. Um, also, I think definitely they did a good job of, of addressing the prequels. The sequels did a terrible job of that. I think at the time when they were making those movies, they assumed that everyone hated the prequels. So they really tried to separate from it. And now there's like kind of a prequel renaissance going on as like our generation becomes the like huge Star Wars fans. Um, they're realizing that everyone loves 
the prequels and they're including Hayden Christensen and stuff and, and everything like that. So um, Camino was welcome to see. Again, I kind of agree with Jake. I think the visions of Camino were cool, but they really didn't amount to anything. I wish we saw like more of what he went through as a, a clone growing up on um, on Camino. Um, I also think seeing Order 66 happen from Grogu's eyes was like another great moment where they addressed the prequels and also like kind of connected his trauma with, with Din's drama. Um, so I thought that was awesome too. Um, I will say, I think that as much as I, I think the best two episodes were the ones without Boba Fett, um, I don't, I kind of wish they saved those moments for the Mandalorian itself. I, Jake knows this and I've said this about Marvel before. I kind of enjoy when the movies or the shows like are more siloed and then come together at the proper moments rather than having like everything I see from Star Wars just be a Star Wars show. Like I want Boba Fett show to be a Boba Fett show and I want a Mandalorian show to be a Mandalorian show and they can cross over a little bit, but I kind of wish they were a little bit more siloed um, where it kind of felt like Boba Fett, they didn't really know what to do with and they just brought in a character that um, everyone, everyone now loves. who's like kind of the new Boba Fett. Um, so yeah. Those are my initial thoughts. It, it kind of felt like it, it, my immediate thoughts after what you what you called there the best two episodes, which I agree in the season is uh, episode five and six. It kind of felt like very similar to a Clone War series arc where like you go away from the main plot for like a small arc, which is awesome. Like that was one of the cool things about Clone Wars is that you can get so many arcs at the same time, but not when you have a seven episode miniseries. Agreed. And like, and it's about and Clone Wars is about diverse like characters there's no main character really i guess ahsoka um Mm -hmm. but like that's kind of more normal in clone wars and they have like 22 episodes a season but you know i hate cutting the episode count i think six and seven episodes is not enough for a season i don't know why every show is skimping on me and to make two of the episodes not about the main character pretty much not include him i don't know i felt wrong i i completely agree with that and i think like you said those episodes those two episodes had the ability to make excellent content in mandalorian season three i mean like in a way because i feel like the whole relationship between luke and ahsoka and grogu felt so rushed because they were like well we have to get resolution so that way like grogu can can come back and be in the finale and so like i could have done three episodes of luke building the temple and getting more information about how that happened and like grogu's role in it because I feel at this point, like, I'm happy. I'm happy that he's going to be with Mando. I'm happy that they're going to do other stuff with Mando season three with them. But I feel like you just introduced us to the third individual of Yoda's species besides Yaddle. Shout out Yaddle. We we love Yaddle. Um, you just introduced us to the third instance where we've seen this species and he's not going to be a Jedi. Like, he he did like two weeks of training with Luke and now we're, we're moving on. Like, I feel like we definitely could have had more of that. Do you think there's more coming? Like, do you think it's done? I, I, I feel like it's, it's done. not done. I think it's, I done. Think it's done. I, oh, I, I think I that they, I think that they gave us like, we're going to give you your CGI Luke. And I do want to talk a little bit more about CGI Luke in that episode five, but I think they gave us what we needed. Like, He's there, you you know. It's it's more than just like the the cameo of like he's gonna be five minutes in the end, and you might see a little bit because I think like 
I, I'd like to get your opinion about what you think about that CGI. Cause the scene where they're like sitting still, like somebody spent months CGIing that face to make it look as real as possible. And then when you get the dialogue scenes, you're like, wait a second, like this looks completely different. Yeah. I mean, the, it was the first thing I noticed. I was like, wow, the CGI is infinitely better than, and the C and I didn't care at the end of the Mandalorian season two. I was like, Luke freaking Skywalker mm. is back. Like, slicing up dark troopers it was amazing but it was noticeably like that's mark hamill and for they literally time traveled and brock mark but i could see what you mean like when he's speaking like you could tell it's like they modeled it but i think they actually hired someone who like edited it on youtube and made it look better like edited the mandalorian and made it look better so maybe maybe that helped but um yeah i mean again I, the voice was a little weird i didn't really care that much um I thought that episode was great. Honestly, I think that I don't know what, like, I think you have so much content with that you could create with Boba Fett. Like he's like a love character. He's really cool. Um, it just feels like they didn't really know what to do with them. And they couldn't fill the time with just him. And like, honestly, the two episodes in Boba Fett about Mando would be some of the top episodes of the Mandalorian. Yeah. And like, I don't know why they like forced it in Boba Fett. Um, I just wish we got a little bit more of Boba Fett. I love Fennec, one of my favorite newcomers. Um, wish we got more of her. Um, need some more of Palimoto, right, Jake? Oh my God, I hate her. <laughs> she's so annoying. But I feel like she's kind of like a, a Jar Jar like character. I hate Palimoto. I like Jar Jar they're better. Super, they're super annoying, but like you kind of like are like, oh no, I I, I hate her. I don't know. I. I can't stand the character. <laughs> every time, every time that she speaks, I'm like, "What?" Every day we stray further from God. Like, <laughs> what? What is happening here? I, I mean, I, I get, I get the concept of like you. You should have your comic relief. Like, there should be some kind of like lightheartedness. But like, oof. Yeah. I, I think we missed the mark on they that. They just one. keep bringing her back. Um, but Both before much funnier than her. Yeah. Before, <laughs> before we get into too many details, like a bantha. Like <laughs> before we get into too many details, uh, I think we should talk about like the beginning and the and the flashes between the past and the future, and yeah. um, like what you guys thought of that and the progression of the overall story and like the problem that the story presented you, and then how it resolved in the end, and just like general thoughts about the the plot overall. So when you were saying like. I I kind of agreed with you at a certain point. I was like, maybe they just like don't know what to do with Boba Fett. But I could name like a handful of things off the top of my head that they could have developed further. Start off with his initial reasoning for why he's doing this all. That was a big question coming out of the post-credit scene of Mandalorian Season 2. Why would Boba Fett want to be a crime lord? Well, he doesn't want to take orders from bosses who don't know what they're doing anymore. That's, that's great. <laughs> great reasoning. Love it. And what, why else? Like, he's found a new, like, turned over a new leaf, found a new respect for, like, caring about a tribe living with the Tuscans. That's great. But, like, we didn't get him any time with him exploring that. Like, I, I, I don't know. I just feel like they spent so much time on the flashbacks of how he got to where we saw him in Mandalorian, where, I'll be honest with you, was not expecting them to go fully in-depth about how he saved Fennec. I feel like it was self-explanatory enough that he found some guy who fixed her up. Like, I didn't need them to waste 30 minutes, like, of him going to the mod people and having them fix But I her think up. that helped explain why she joined him. I guess. But another example is, like, 
they spent so much time of him going back to the freaking Sarlacc to get his armor. So dumb. When the, du- the dude climbed out of the Sarlacc with his armor on. And also, why they didn't even... If you're going to spend time on something related to his armor, explain, like, why he cared about it. So if he's turning over a new leaf and he loves living with the Tuscans, then why should he care about getting his armor back from Mando? Yeah. I feel like that was more worthy of exploring. I agree. Like, him being like, yeah. this armor means a lot to me, like... And maybe a flashback to him and his dad and being like how he relates to the Mandalorian culture. I feel like we just didn't get enough of like, we got a lot of blanket statements. Like, I don't want to work as a bounty hunter anymore. I found a new family with the Tuscans, but we didn't get any like meat in between that. I think the the Tuscans had meat though. I, I agree. And I think that it was a really, it was a really creative way that they did it because not only did we get some character development with Boba and I think it set up the whole like you were saying, like he has a newfound respect for for respect in general, for caring for people, for having that kind of tribe, which is something that like, even if you go back to the Clone Wars, like he was always lacking. Like he was always going around with different bounty hunters. He was constantly being taken advantage of. Like that was something that you saw in the Clone Wars series. And then not only did we get a little bit of that development, but then we learned more about Tuscans, which I think is one of those mysterious characters things that has always existed in the universe that you think that they're just these nomadic people like i think we got a lot of information about the tuscans and found out a little bit more about them than we would have in the other instance the thing that i think that they spent too much time on in these flashbacks i think the biker gang the whole plot with the biker gang was way too much like because then we're throwing it in with like the blurring the line between the biker gangs who really were insignificant and the pikes who were the main villain in the end of the show. Um, I think that they probably could have done without the bikers and uh, yeah, I, you're welcome. I, I think, no, I think kind of just the flashing between past and present. Like I love, I think the second episode, I think it's the second episode with the Tuscan, like where it's a main Tuscan radius. I love that episode, but I kind of wish like, I feel like the first few episodes didn't progress the story and then they flipped to Mando and like, it didn't progress the story in the present. And I don't feel like the, as much as I really want to see what happens in the past, I kind of wish it was like flashing between the past and present. And they were like sort of parallel in a way. And he was like using what he learned in the past and the present, but like they just showed two huts on like a thing and like, like, Oh, the, the pikes are the, um, the Pikes are here and like kind of just setting up the final battle more than like actually having his past mean anything to him in the present. Um, yeah. Like, like we got all these like character introductions and these blanket statements. I like, Oh, clearly he, he must know black chrysanthemum from somewhere. Oh, clearly like he must like know these huts from like, like people must know of Boba Fett, but we got no meat in that. Like, like you said, they kind of developed, he was always being taken advantage of in the clone wars as a young kid. We got five lines of of dialogue in the original trilogy, like, and then we go straight to him right now, where he's like a softy little guy who's taking off his mask all the time and laughing and scratching a rancor's chin. Like, it's a very jarring change where you're like, how much time did he spend with these Tuscans for him to really flip a coin like completely uh, one eighty like that? You know, I, I don't know. I felt like it was too jarring of a change. And if we got some more meaty flashbacks and relations of like how he's using his past experiences to come to this revelation, then yeah, I feel like it would have been more effective. And I wish we got more of him directly after the Clone Wars. I could have used some of those flashbacks too. But then you have three storylines going on. So that might be too much. 
no, but like even the even the Cad Bane stuff. I, I guess we'll we'll talk about that. Like, love that they included him, and the finale standoff was cool. But you know that these characters have such a history together, and again, it's something that's kind of almost unexplored. Like they don't even. Fans, this is the first time we've ever seen the meet, right? Yeah, but well, hard, I'm about to say, like hardcore fans know that Cad Bane trained Boba to be a bounty mm. hunter, and you kind of get that, like you can glean that from their dialogue. But for that to be reduced to like six minutes of screen time together, like I feel like you need to supplement those cool fan service moments and action moments with more dialogue and more like meaty, tangible connection that just wasn't enough for me. I thought the same thing, and I think really like they easily could have introduced Cad Bane in probably the third episode. Agreed. I think once they once they establish that like the Pikes are going to be the major antagonist in this series, like you could have introduced Cad Bane at that point. Because I think like you said, it would have given more time for them to really develop that like he was his mentor relationship. They have a long history together. And I think it would have given a little bit more service to capping Bane's story arc. Like rather than rushing it in the last two episodes, like you said, a couple minutes of dialogue and like that's his end. Um, I think that they could have developed it. Yeah, I think I think they could have shown me him in the sixth episode, but they can give me four more episodes after that. Um, but yeah, I think um they definitely are going for like that second to last episode, big reveal. Uh I'm also I agree with everything you guys said. I'm also freaking done with the it's cool it was cool the first few times when i'm done with sacrificing action for like the vibe like they're like oh we want to go for the cowboy vibe like it was cool the first time he stood off with um cob vamp yeah mandalorian had a few cool standoffs in um in his ahsoka episode he had a cool like cowboy standoff cad bane's introduction scene was great I don't need him to like, I don't need this him to show his gun, the same music to play and him to like almost stand off with Boba in the beginning of the episode. And then the last fight like starts as a standoff too. And there was like a little bit of action, but we've seen an animated version of Cad Bane, like jumping around, flying around, using lightsabers. Like give me some cool action. Like give me a real fight. I'm, I don't need to see another cowboy standoff. Like I, I might... I might get some heat for this, but it's like I'm done sacrificing action for the vibe. We've seen we've seen these standoffs before. We know what's going to happen. Like it's it's cool the first time, but give us a little bit more meaty action. And same thing with the Soka's battle in Mandalorian, but we won't talk about that. <laughs> I feel like they definitely could have added some more. I, I don't mind the the cowboy gunslinger standoff because that like brings Cad Bane and Boba Fett to their roots. Like they were based off of like that Clint Eastwood like westerny vibe. But I agree with you that like you can start off that way, yeah. But don't do but don't do it twice in a row. Like give me a little bit more on that. And I, and I will say I do really like how he defeated Cad Bane with the gaffy stick because then that's a great example of developing that Tuscan Raider story. Like I love the whole flashbacks and stuff, but I feel like there wasn't enough meat to show how he was using that. Like it just felt very disparate, like starting a family with the Tuscan Raiders versus like caring about being a crime Lord. And like, this is my city. Like those felt like two very separate things. And I felt like the way he took him down with the gaffy stick was like, that's how he was able to overcome Cad Bane. Like if he didn't turn over this new leaf, he wouldn't have, Cad Bane. I like that too. And the the only thing that I can really think of of why they wouldn't have incorporated more action into Cad Bane's character is just because like dude's old. Like 
I guess you could play it off with like you don't know really what his species is, so maybe it's a it's a Yoda species where he's around for five hundred years. But um, I mean, like I think if anything, and I I'm probably getting ahead of myself when I say this, but we might get some more content with Cad Bane to see like what he was up to during the Empire years. Um, I think that that might, I, I know that you started off the episode saying that Andor is probably the least anticipated content in the Star Wars universe, but like, I would, I would foresee them bringing more Cad Bane back because I think like, like we talked about, like everybody loved Boba Fett in the original series. Like I think Cad Bane was a similar character in the Clone Wars. Like he was one of those reoccurring characters that everybody loved in that series. And like, I could see them doing a little bit more fan service and finding out what he was up to in the empire years. Um, but I like, I needed to see those rocket boots. Like as soon as he stepped up, as soon as he stepped up facing off against the marshal in Freetown, I, they showed his boots and they showed the little things around the boots. And I'm like, Oh, he's, he's going to fire him up. Like he's, he's going to be whipping around Freetown in these boots. And they didn't give it to me. That was, that was one of the things that I definitely wished that I would have had. Yeah, I think I agree. <laughs> I think sometimes, like in these live action things, like it's hard to make action where they're flying around, and like I think they've kind of skimmed us on the action in general since Disney's bought Star Wars. Like, there's no prequel level. Like, I want an over CGI fight scene. We really haven't really gotten one in any in any content since Disney's bought Star Wars. I want to give me some over CGI fight scenes. That's all I'm saying. I don't know about over CGI. No, nope, give it to me. I don't care. I think be careful what you. I think be careful what you wish for with over CGI. Like, I I, want, I think <laughs> more Corey. Like, there's definitely a way to do it without over CGI. We've seen it before. Boba's episode in the Mandalorian season two was fantastic. Yeah, that's true. Like, so good. Like, really well choreographed action. And like, they all they have to do is just like. I mean, I'm no filming expert, but like they shot things from low angles. They had like a. A setting where you can like jump in and out of like rocks and stuff like tatooine what? has these iconic buildings like why was there no like jumping across the tops of the buildings and like jetpacking and he, they, he did it at one point where he jetpacked into a slide like there's creative ways to do it but know? i will say boba's scene in mandalorian was like all just hand-to-hand action it wasn't as much like jetpacking lightsabery i think they're skimping on some of that stuff i hope with, when we get the dark saber in real hand to hand combat, they they go off with the Mandalorian's gadgets and the like, dark saber at the same time. But that's for another time. I mean, like you you have to assume that this has really set up Mando season three because not only we do we, do we know that Mando and Grogu are going to be you know together on this, but like the whole. Episode five, where episode five of Boba Fett, where there was no no Boba Fett, it was Mando getting rejected from the order, and I, I like, I think that that felt rushed in a way that we're only going to give you a little bit of information. Like that first ten minutes of episode five, where he's fighting with the dark saber, gets kicked out of the order. Like that's I think is going to set up season three. I think it has to. Yeah, agreed. I I, I just. I think all that should have just been in Mandalorian, but I don't know. Um, but that being said, I don't. Think, I think it also. You guys tell me if you're, if I'm wrong, but 
I feel like the last line or one of the last lines spoken by Boba Fett and Fennec in the finale could potentially set up a Boba Fett season two. Where if they did do a season two, I feel like everyone in this whole series was like, he's not ruthless enough. Like, this is not the Boba Fett we know. It feels like too jarring of a change, which I've voiced over. And like, we, I think we all agree we like the Tuscan stuff. And it's okay and like a cool thing for him to turn over a new leaf, but it's just very jarring how drastic it is. And in the finale, like when he kills Cad Bane, he's like, I knew you, I, there, there you go. Like, I know you were a killer. So you saw kind of that, some of that come through. And with his last line where he's like, I don't know if we're, if we're up for this job, I forget what the exact mm -hmm. line is. He's like, I don't know if we're cut out for this Fennec. And then she's like, well, who is then? So maybe they could do a season two where he's like, all right, it didn't really work out to be like a completely like benevolent leader, but like, I don't know. Maybe they go darker within the season two. What do you guys think? Do you think it sets up a season two? I think that there is one change that they could have made that would have reinforced the whole point that you just made to give him a little bit more of that old, like vicious Boba Fett that was heavily implied in the original trilogy. I think there's one thing that could have happened instead of Fennec going to take out the leader of the Pike and take everybody out, feed him to the Rancor. Like, you have to feed the heads mm. of the crime families, everybody that pledged that they were going to support him or stay neutral. You have to take all of those heads. You have to take the leader of the Pikes. You have to feed him to the Rancor. Mm. Like, I would have liked that. You, you tease the Rancor this entire time. When the Huts came in at the beginning of the show and they gave him this Rancor, like, even in the, in the first episode where they have the assassin and they drop him into the pit and they're like, it's empty. Like, you have the perfect opportunity to take that benevolent... And I think it all comes back to the... You remember the overplayed quote when they were dropping the trailers of like, Jabba ruled with fear, yeah. I rule with respect. Like, you had the opportunity to really reinforce that quote and say, the people that backed me, the people that live in Mos Espa, have earned my respect. And I'm going to give you that kind of benevolence that I've learned from the Tuscans that I've developed that I want to show. But if you cross me, like the Pikes did, like the heads of these other crime families, you're going into my Rancor pit. I think that they had a perfect opportunity to do that, and it was just a little bit missed. I, I would have liked that. That would have been really cool. That would have been cool. That's a, that's a good idea. I also feel like, I think they do leave it open for season two. Um, I know a lot of people, including I think Tamora Morrison, want Mace Windu to come back for season two and him to be hunting Mace Windu. Um, you know I don't like characters coming back from the dead, but then if they really do something cool, for example, Darth Maul, um, then I don't mind it. So if they, I don't really want to see, I think Mace Windu should be dead, but you know what, if he, if it's really cool and worth it, then I'm fine with it. Um, so I think they leave it open. I think the show like kind of didn't, um, I think I'm saying a lot of negative things about the show, but I ultimately liked it. But another negative thing is they kind of like leave things open to interpretation. Like, and don't they don't always close everything off fully like the tuscans they like say, i they say they're extinct but they you're i'm kind of unclear if it's like just one tribe of them like i doubt that they're all dead i don't know if they're gonna like dothraki them and just like bring them all back um and like be like oh these are different tribes uh cad bane like they still have his heart monitor beeping so he could still be alive um i think we will get more content with him whether or not he's alive because they could just do what he's doing in the empire i think boba fett killing him makes sense um so i think they kind of left that open 
Um, and the Marshall, the Marshall, who, like apparently got shot by Cad Bane, well, and now he's in the back. Of the yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I think he's. I mean, he's alive. I guess he's he alive. may be. They're implying he could take over Boba's position, and Boba could go run off. I don't know. I think they kind of like didn't nail down. Like, here's your answer to a, a few things. So, uh, I completely agree with you. So now you mentioning that, that it could be Cobb Banth taking over. Do you think that's what they were referring to when he's like, I don't know if we're cut out for this Fennec. I don't know if, the if they know what they were referring Cobb to. Now. I don't, I, I really don't. I think they're like, maybe we'll leave him on Tatooine if we don't want to make a season two. And maybe we'll like take him off if we want to make a season two. That would, that would be really, that would really solidify that it, one, they aren't connecting this turning over a new leaf to becoming a crime lord at all. Because if he's like, I'm not cut out for this, and then just gives it to Cobb Vanth, that's just like, what was this whole season about? Also, like Literally. him and Cobb Vanth don't even know each other. No. Like, what? <laughs> I don't know. And, and yeah, I do feel like we're saying a lot of negative. But the, again, I feel like I agree with you, Trent, that they did really nail fan service a lot in this in this series there was a lot of things that i liked um uh, tatooine's like bring star wars back to its roots i mean like it's there's so much this i don't know what the right word is but there's so much nostalgia and tangibility in in uh in tat on tatooine to just like pick up and be like oh i remember that from a new hope like oh that like that's kind of like reminds me of anakin and phantom menace like they brought oh, back the, that was the awesome. The Naboo uh, Starfighter and the um, and the uh, pod racing course. Yes. Oh, that was so cool. Uh, oh, pod racing course where you can see like the broken service ramp where Anakin crashed into was fantastic. Also, like giant droidicas part two. Like, those are from Legends, I think. I I believe they're from Legends. So it's another thing that they brought in from Legends. But yes, I agree. I, as soon as I saw it and it was, as soon as Mando has like his, his thermals on and sees it through the wall, I'm like, I know what that is. Like easily know what that is. Um, that was fantastic. And so there is, I think my biggest, my biggest thing that I really disliked from this show, it had to have been the little scooters. Oh, Those little scooters, God, so they were slow. They were so slow. I would rather they were run. So slow. They looked like they looked like the Power Ranger scooters. They looked like things that would have been driven by the Power Rangers. Like it was, it made no sense to me whatsoever. Like I could have walked faster than those things. I I think what happened is they. It was so slow. I think they must have filmed the whole thing and like done like certain things like certain shots to like make it look like they're moving. And then after they filmed, they were like, Oh no, like this is too slow, but we already filmed it. Like once they edited everything, it was real bad. <laughs> and I thought it was just like, Oh, maybe it's just that one chase scene from what episode three, but it happened to get in the finale. I was like, you're still moving so slow. <laughs> Come like, on, pick it up. <laughs> I was happy when Fennec got on her own bike. It didn't go that slow. I was like, okay, at least Fennec's not going that slow. <laughs> They they almost reminded me. So I think it was a it was a crossover between the Power Ranger scooters and the Mike Myers Cat in the Hat film, where he's in like oh our favorite oh, movie. <laughs> I love movie. the Cat in the Hat. Don't even get we could do several podcast episodes on the Cat in the Hat. However, um, like his little 
like little <laughs> yeah, car that fixes the house at the end of it. Like it looked like a perfect match between those two things. Oh my god, that's so accurate. Uh, um, so I so I think we talked about the first few episodes. You know, they were going back and forth, Tuscans, all that. Kind of boring. Didn't really go anywhere. Set up the final thing and then flip right to the Mandalorian. I need muscle. Flip to the Mandalorian. I think I want to talk more about those episodes individually because I feel like as much as I'm not happy that they're in book Boba Fett, I feel like they were like some of the best Star Wars content we got just from like a Star Wars level, not from a Boba Fett level. So I want to talk a little bit more about like what you guys thought about those episodes because I'm assuming you love them because we all did. Like I loved every minute of it, even though I didn't want it to be in Boba Fett. Um, so what do you guys think of those episodes specifically? So you don't feel that Temora Morrison was slighted with these episodes? Oh, I, and I, like... didn't, I didn't think about it. I don't know if he's mad about it because I think he's just happy to be playing the character. I feel like he's got to be like, dude, like I only have a, a seven episode series and like you gave the best, like you gave majority of the budget to like the Mandalorian episodes. Like, I, I, I don't know. I guess. I feel and the so the last thing that I want to say about Tamora Morrison, I don't I don't know if this is confirmed, and maybe one of you can confirm this. There were rumors that they were trying to bring back the character of Commander Cody in this series. I would have loved it. However, so the the actor that played Commander Cody, not Tamora Morrison, in um, Revenge of the Sith. Is it not Tamora Morrison? Apparent, no. And I thought that it was. Again, I could be completely off base about this. I don't even remember where I read this or saw this. However, the actor that played Commander Cody, uh, apparently Tamora Morrison had an affair with that actor's wife. No. And they cannot be in the same room together. Please fact check me on this. This is completely off base. However, if it's true, right now. if it's true, be. we can't be spreading like, this misinformation if it's not true. <laughs> throw me my next appearance is going to be on Infowars. like i am all about spreading this information but please please let this be true well, if that's not true i would have loved to see commander cody in the show i didn't realize that it was not tomorrow morrison could be wrong could be wrong um now I think Commander Cody in this show could have been fantastic because I think he could have been an amazing villain. Like, we could still have Commander Cody that transitioned into the Empire. Like, you could have complete villain Commander Cody. Um, I think it also would have been fantastic if, like, and they still could do this, the whole addition of, like, they might do it in Mando Season 3. They might end up doing this in the Ahsoka show, but, like, Commander Cody and Admiral Thrawn, like, I feel like he could be a great supporting villain in whatever plotline that they decide to do with Thrawn. Yeah, and I think they're pulling, like, obviously they're pulling villains that they already have. Like, they're adding up some new heroes. I feel like they're pulling villains that they already kind of have, except, I guess, Moff Gideon. Um, like, Cad Bane was, like, clearly a cameo from something we already knew. It would have been cool to, like, as much as Commander Cody's a cameo, he's not really a villain. It would have been cool to, like, I want to address the fact that Boba's a clone. Like, I think that's a cool plot point that's kind of forgotten at times. Um, they mentioned they mentioned it a little bit in Mandalorian. They showed Kamino, um, but kind of kind of like you forget that he's a clone. Um, I think it would have been a good way to like bring that that plot point in also and like really address like 
That's a clone. Commander Cody would have been mad old. Um, I, I don't know if that's true, Trent. I think uh, somewhere more Morrison plays Commander Cody also. I think he okay. all, all the clones. Probably very off base, and I thought the same thing, but I remember reading that. I'm like, if it's true, I from. I have no idea. Again, I, I am terrible. I've been known as my generation's Alex Jones, so don't believe most of the things that I say. Oh, man. Um, um, I have a feeling. I mean, if you want to talk about like expanding Boba's clone story i think that's going to happen in bad batch i feel like he can easily show up in the bad batch yeah but i don't know i kind of want to see him in the boba fett show you know you know my feelings in the bad batch i yeah. don't hate it but it's just like there i really i like the i like the idea of him hunting mace windu like i think that it would be fantastic i think the addition of samuel l jackson back into the universe i know what you said about characters coming back from the dead it would be but cool realistically now. like how many times has it happened? Darth Maul. I mean, Boba technically Fett. you can say Boba Fett. Yeah. Uh, not, Palpatine. not many. Palpatine. I, yeah, I'm well. a big believer in characters that are dead should stay dead. Um, and I also think that with Star Wars, they kind of like, as they give you more stories, there has to be more Jedi that survived Order 66. So it like the more Jedi that survived into the time period of the Empire, it kind of... Order 66, as I was saying yesterday, Jake is like my favorite Star Wars scene and um, Palpatine's like one of my favorite characters. So I think like as you kind of like sprinkle Jedi in that survived Order 66, it takes away a little bit from everything. So I just, I want to be careful with that. I think Order 66 is sacred and all the Jedi should have been brutally murdered except um, a handful. I mean, if you don't see the character buried in the ground physically, then... He got thrown out of a damn window while getting electrocuted. (laughs) Darth Maul got freaking sliced in half. That's true, that's true. (laughs) Now, Uh, the the other thing is, like, there's other ways in the Star Wars universe that we can cheat death. Like, how many Jedi have died and have come back as Force ghosts? Like, maybe not necessarily... Like, I think it would be difficult to tie in the whole Boba Fett, like, getting his revenge and hunting him down. But, like, I mean... Look at the upcoming Kenobi series. You cannot tell me that Liam Neeson is not going to make an appearance in this show. That'd be awesome. Like so Liam Neeson is coming back to you this think show. So? That'd be I mean, awesome. I feel. Like I think they Yoda. They too. set it up so perfectly at the end of Revenge of the Sith, where like the conversation that Yoda has with Obi Wan, like on the ship at the very end, he's telling him like, "Yeah, like Qui Gon, like Qui Gon came back. Yeah, like I he's a Force ghost. Right. I can teach you. I can teach you how to communicate with him." Like. Liam Neeson is going to make an appearance in this show. He has to. That'd be pretty dope. That'd be pretty awesome. But anyway, we got to get back to the Mandalorian episode in Boba Fett because I feel like there are so many details that we haven't discussed. Um, you go ahead, yeah. Jake. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I love episode five and six. I thought they were amazing. Um, like I said, if you were going to have a 22-episode season of Clone Wars then it's fine to step aside for like a little arc. And not only did I feel like Temora Morrison was slighted a little bit, kind of feel like the reunion of Mandu and, M- Mando and Grogu was slighted. I agree. I agree like, with that. Ve- very quick in the finale. Like it was so cute. I mean, Grogu just like jumped up and gave him a hug and I was like, oh, that's adorable. But like, I, you, I wanted like a, a whole scene, like make it more emotional and drawn out. Like this is the dynamic duo of our lifetime. Like th- this should be the reunion of, a, of, of the century. Yeah. And like and I also I don't know I feel like Luke has a potential to come back and like still 
interact with Grogu a little bit. I don't know if he's completely done. I feel like when he was saying to Ahsoka, like, will I see you again? And she goes, perhaps. Like, I feel like that's definitely confirmation. Like, he's going to either show up in the Ahsoka show or he might make another appearance in The Mandalorian. Yeah. I know we talked about these episodes a little. I'm going to give my thoughts real quick. Um, when Mando whipped out the Darksaber in the first scene, I was like, oh, thank God he still has it. I loved it. I, he sliced his own leg. It was super realistic. Some of the most realistic use of lightsaber we've gotten in a while. Um, his fight with um, one of the Vizlas. Uh, Paz Vizla. Paz Vizla. Big nod to the Clone Wars of, of Pre-Vizla. He's clearly a descendant of Pre-Vizla. Tar Vizla. Um, that was a cool fight. It was cool to see him struggling with the Darksaber and then like losing the fight. And then once Paz got it, he was struggling with the Darksaber. So then he lost... Um, like that they addressed the whole no mass thing um, and loved his new starfighter. At first, I was like, I feel like he needs a big ship. And then once I saw him flying around in it, I thought that was super satisfying. Um, flying through the pod racing was awesome. Um, I think that it was rushed. I agree with you, Jake, that his whole thing with Grogu was super rushed. Also, we know my girl Ahsoka. If you've ever watched a Star Wars episode of the show, Ahsoka Tano is my girl favorite character of all time from anything ever. Um, and both, I feel like sporting a... both sporting Ahsoka shirts. Um, I feel like her reunion with Luke was so anticlimactic. Like they're not even reunion. They never met each other. Like they didn't even show you them meeting. Um, I, I thought that was annoying. Like their scene was cool. I think so much like your father was very forced though. Like I wish, I wish she was like, yo, I was your father's apprentice. I was besties with your mother. Like, give me, like, give me her learning that Vader was redeemed. I, I feel like I need that moment. I, I, I feel like it was, ugh. I actually, I am also, if you go watch the Ahsoka episode of this podcast, where we talk about her entr entrance in the Mandalorian, not a huge Rosario Dawson as, as Ahsoka fan. Wish I got Ashley Eckstein, but I liked her better in this episode. Um, I thought she had a little bit more of like the happy spunkiness, um, but nothing with Luke, like really nothing with Luke. Ugh, I hated that. Um, but other than that, the episode was beautiful. I really enjoyed like the training scenes and him running around with Grogu on his back. I thought that was awesome. So cool. But why are Jedi, why do Jedi still care about attachments? I don't, I don't understand. Oh my God. Yeah. Especially now, it's, Oh, sorry, Trent. You go, go for uh, it. Oh, so I, I think one of my favorite parts about it, and I kind of talked about this earlier, where like it feels like forcing Grogu to make the decision between the path of the Jedi and going to see Mando. Um, I felt like they that could have been the entire premise of season three of Mando, and I would have been okay with it. Yeah, like, I agree. E even if they would have been apart, you could have been cutting back and forth to Mando and Grogu in their own respective areas. Um, I get that that's a big CGI budget to have that much Luke over an care. entire season. So money. I don't care. I don't care. Um, I think one of the best parts of Grogu in Book of Boba Fett is in the finale when Grogu defends Mando from the Rancor because it completely ties back to season one of Mando when he uses the Force to Oh, this is embarrassing. What's the name of the... Mudhorn. Mudhorn. Um, picks up the Mudhorn, and all he's able to do is just pick it up. And, like, this is a complete callback to that, but he has gone through his training with Luke that, like, 
it, it's it, it felt like a very not only are we calling back to season one of Mando, but it's also an instance where like we're reinforcing that like Grogu knows a lot more about the Force now than he did when we were first introduced to him. Yeah, I agree. I I, I really really like that, and we haven't gotten anything like that in live action. It, correct me if I'm wrong. Of using the Force to calm down a creature. Very rebels. Very rebels. Yep. Very much. Very much rebels. Um. Yeah, going back to what you said, Nick, um, especially these two, Ahsoka and Luke should be the advocators for the entire galaxy that the Jedi Order was bullshit and that they were wrong, that attachments are bad, you know. I don't know. Like, it, <laughs> I, it's just... It's, it's so frustrating. And I also, uh, it's like, I... As much as I love that episode, I love seeing Luke start the whole the whole Jedi, Grogu maybe being his first student, but I think they actually mentioned somewhere in Star Wars canon that Kylo was his first student at the school. So I guess this is why that happened. Grogu didn't join the school. But um, it feels like all Star Wars content we've got po- post-Return of the Jedi like just kind of undoes what happens in the original trilogy a little bit like not going to get too much into the into the sequel trilogy but like it's tough to watch the episode knowing kind of what where the whole school ends up and where luke ends up and also like what didn't luke leave yoda and obi-wan's training just because they wouldn't let him go see his friends and then it ended up like kind of working out for him uh really had no repercussions except his hand cutting off um and like he's still like oh there's no attachments like choose like you have to choose i feel like i kind of wish the jedi order progressed where it's like we can have attachments like you can kind of live your own life in addition to being a jedi i just would like feel like we're falling into the same issues and why does ahsoka not talk about how the fact that she's not a jedi and why that's why she won't train go grow like it's so it's so easy they're just like i don't know they're just dancing around the fact that ahsoka doesn't like is a Jedi, but isn't. It's it's so annoying. I don't think that's why she wouldn't train him. I think she wouldn't train him because he didn't want to go with her. Like, it was his choice to go to Luke. It's just frustrating. And give it a try. But, but <laughs> I think that's also maybe why they didn't give us too much of Luke meeting Ahsoka and saying, hey, like, Darth Vader was redeemed. Anakin was redeemed, you know? Because then it would have reinforced, hey, we're kind of contradicting ourselves by Luke still believing that attachments are bad. Because he physically, that's the reason that Darth Vader and Anakin, I guess, was saved because yeah. of his attachment to Luke. Yeah. Luke is the, is the physical embodiment of the new way the Jedi Order should have continued. And I feel like if this didn't happen in the Book of Boba Fett, if it happened in The Mandalorian and we had to spread off over more episodes, maybe they would have had more time to explain and maybe give us a little bit more reasoning why Luke is starting his Jedi Order this way. Even if now, I don't agree with it, like I would have liked a little more reason, like this is why I'm doing this, you know? I think that one of the big things that is pushed in Star Wars is that there has to be balance in the Force. And as much as we love the Jedi, like the Jedi don't provide balance because there has to be the counterweight to the Sith. And I think that's where, like, if there's going to be a fault of the Jedi, it's that they have to lean too far against emotion they have to lean too far against attachment which is why like 
I think it's one of the things that really there was a lot of potential and like you said I don't want to get too far into the sequels but like I think there was so much potential with Rey to say like no I'm not going to embrace the Jedi which is really what Luke should have been and which they probably should have let Luke be but in the end of Rise of Skywalker where Rey is you know buries the other lightsabers you know she has her own lightsaber that isn't like she she rejects the idea of the Jedi because supposedly there's now balance like there's no ultra good there's no ultra evil there's just balance and i think that's where when we think about the jedi having attachment i think it's kind of their role in if they don't have that then there's going to be too much weight leaning towards emotion and attachment it's frustrating but i think in order for the force and everything in the universe to make sense i understand why it's their fatal flaw so you think they're overcorrecting because there can only be two for the Sith? So they're over like steering hard into the Jedi ways to correct that and balance the Force. I th I think so, and I don't think that they're doing it purposely because if you think about it, like that's all they talk about. All the Jedi want to talk about is bringing balance and having balance. But I think their role in creating that balance is not necessarily being the neutral and being the ideal way to be. It's that they have to outweigh all of the negativity and all of the bad of the Sith by being the morally righteous, the morally, you know, as, as far overcorrected as they are. It just, I, I got something to say. It just doesn't seem like a good message. Like, isn't every fantasy series about like how friendship and love trumps all like, it just doesn't seem like a good message. I feel like that was the message of return of the Jedi, like friendship and love, super important. Family, super important. And it kind of just goes against that, one. And two, isn't more isn't Grogu more dangerous out there without, like, with his attachments, without training? I just don't understand the logic. Like, make it make sense. Um, Do you feel like this opens the door for Ahsoka now to train him because he's not a Jedi and he chose not to be a Jedi and he chose to... I don't think they're going to... I don't think that's Ahsoka's purpose in the universe. I think her purpose is to find Ezra and kind of like, I think she's more connected to the, I, I see kind of moving forward, like each character is kind of going to have like a certain storyline they're going to follow. And I think that's becoming a little bit more clear. I think Ahsoka is going to be mostly Thrawn and Ezra and Sabine. I think Mando is going to be like Mandalorian, um, Bo-Katan and I, Boba Fett, maybe Mace Windu, who knows? I don't think they know what to do with him. Um, and or the rebellion. I don't know. But I think um, in this post-Return of the Jedi thing, I think Ahsoka's story isn't um, isn't about like Grogu and training Grogu. I honestly hope she trains Din with the Darksaber. That'd be super cool. Um, but, yeah. Were you guys upset that Grogu didn't get Yoda's lightsaber? 100%. I honestly, I, you know, would have been awesome. I thought it was going to happen. <laughs> like we knew he had the armor from the beginning of the episode. And I think I was hoping, cause I really don't like this whole attachment thing and making him choose thing. I was hoping that like he would have stood in front of the Rancor and also had the lightsaber. But <laughs> I think that was a pipe dream. Um, I was a little upset, but I also think it might be a little bit weird to see Grogu with a lightsaber. So, like, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with him just using the Force. I don't really need Grogu with a lightsaber. Like, we got Luke. We have Ahsoka. Um, we have Din. I don't think we need 
Grogu with a lightsaber. Maybe he'll get the dark saber eventually. I don't know. I feel like I would rather see him make his own lightsaber. I think he might just use a dark saber. He can't fit his little. Well, he might not be that tiny for that much longer. <laughs> he, he can live for nine. Well, he's, he's going to be a Mandalorian now. He's a foundling. He's a foundling now. I think they're going to find a way to like kind of make him both. That's how, I don't think Ahsoka will train him, but I think like obviously they're going to meet up again and she'll like be more actively giving him pointers and stuff. Maybe. I don't know. But it, but again, like quickly to just a uh, last point on Luke is like, Nick, we talked about this after the Luke episode is like, what's the point? Like, we just know what's going to happen to him in the sequels. Like, yeah, it's, we're, it's awesome that we're seeing him and like, Oh, it was beautiful seeing him like train Grogu, how like Yoda trained him. But like you think about it, it's like, what's the point if he's just going to end up being like a little wuss in the in the sequels? Like it would have made it better if we got more clarity on like why maybe there's a reason. I don't think there's any coming back from it. I don't think there's a reason, but if they would have given given us something like I th- I think if they delved into like maybe it has something to do like you said Trent with the balance of the force they've never really defined what that means in the movies and I would like for them to at least give us a little bit more clue like yeah maybe we're steering into we're steering into the curve a little bit or God knows what at this point but I I really don't truly understand what they mean by balance of the force to be honest yeah because yeah because they want to kill all the Sith but then like. That's not balancey, and then they're steering far into like I don't know. I, there's, I, <laughs> there's no balance. I think there are certain things that like I found that Star Wars like will dangle in front of you and never quite get there. At least from what we've seen, like balance in the Force is certainly one of them. And I kind of thought the sequels were going to go more into it, and they never did. Cloning and like how Palpatine came back and how um, Snoke was a thing. It's like in every piece of Star Wars content, it's like, ooh, this could be the experiments that led to Snoke. Woo! But they never really address it. I feel like it's like one of those things, like Balance in the Force. We're never going to get a clear answer because they've like defined it in different, kind of slightly different ways throughout the throughout the canon. So I don't know if we'll ever get a like straight up definition for it. I think they like people speculating, honestly, about it. Probably. Just creates more buzz, I think. Yeah. Rather than giving us all the answers. Um, also about the Luke episode, as much as I love that episode, I thought it was beautiful. There was like certain things that I was hoping would happen. I was hoping to get like a light uh, Darksaber training scene. I was hoping to get like a Ahsoka and Luke combo, like real combo. And we just didn't get it, but whatever. You can't have everything I, you want. I have a theory that like we missed out on her finding out that Vader was redeemed, and they're saving that for hope, the Ahsoka show. I hope, like, for her to personally hear it from Anakin's Force Ghost because Hayden's going to be in the in the show. But she's got to know. Wouldn't that be the first topic of conversation? Yeah, probably. <laughs> well, because we we see her her finding out about his transformation in rebels. Like we see yeah. her figuring out that it was, that it was actually Anakin that made the transition. So I feel like that's too big of a plot gap for them to purposely leave out. Like they know that we need to see that kind of a scene. Like that kind of information has to be transmitted, whether that, like you said, it would have been cool to have here, but I think we also would probably be saying the same thing right now. of Like that conversation was too rushed in this show if we're going to dedicate another show to her down the road, like 
that's probably a good place to do it. And like you said, with Hayden being a part of that project, like it's probably going to end up happening there. Yeah. That, I mean, that's what she I could think. also be real pissed at him too. So it might be a little bit more complicated. I'm just like, Oh, I find out he's good. And that's all, that's everything. I'm fine now. Um, so maybe, maybe we'll have a little scream and match about it. She, he did try to kill her. His battle. This is true. And she spared him. She beat him in that fight. Could have cut his head off. Anyway, we won't get into it. Um, <laughs> I, I can't believe I waited this long to talk about this, but one of my favorite scenes from that sixth episode is the callback to Yoda and Luke training on Dagobah. Like, Grogu in the backpack, running the training scene the same way. Like, I think that that, like we talked about earlier, that is fan service done right, that it doesn't feel forced, but it's one of those things that you look at it and you're like, yep, that feels good. Yeah, agreed. Do, do you think for, if it's from that scene, Luke explaining like um he t he tells grogu like uh size matters not that's how he spoke he spoke in riddles have you ever heard anybody that speaks like that do you think that's a soft confirmation that not all of the, his species speaks like that i don't think we know yet i think it's luke wondering like us like uh how are you gonna talk <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, and the um the whole him giving him instructions of like do or not do there or, or there is no try like mm -hmm. that whole sequence of like really flipping the lid of like yoda species was the master luke was the apprentice and now we flipped it to luke is transitioning into the role that we know that he's going to have of building the temple becoming the next instructor and i think this was a really really efficient way of giving him that new role. You, you know, like you, you kind of, you both kind of made me think like he's literally, Luke is literally repeating what Yoda trained him. So now it kind of makes sense that he's steering into like, you can't have attachments because that's what Yoda trained him. And Yoda should have known it too, because he literally saw that that was Anakin. No, I, I guess like he was like kind of scared. Cause like he clearly knew that was Anakin's downfall, but like, Yoda, if anybody, should have been like, you know, the Jedi aren't doing things completely right. You know, I don't know. Yeah, And and Luke, Luke makes that concession in the sequels. Like, he admits the fact that, like, the Jedi were wrong. Like, the Jedi need to end, like, this. And I think he had partially different motivation for saying that because of his relationship with Kylo and Ben. And But I also think that, like, we know that Luke hits that point but we're seeing in chronological order him starting to make these mistakes and him starting to figure this out, which we know is going to culminate with him betraying Ben at the temple. I would have been fine if he tried it with attachments and that's why it didn't work out. And then that's why he's like, Jedi have to end. Um, what was I going to say? Um, I do like that Grogu is like, I felt like when I, always wondered about like Grogu growing up like if he started like jumping around and like doing stuff I felt like it might look awkward but I actually think they did that pretty well of him like walking around with Luke like he, he like still seems puppety but he's he like doesn't like him walking doesn't feel weird him like doing a force jump doesn't feel too forced um so I, I'm liking Grogu's little growth here I do too love Grogu definitely he's the little so uh let's take a walk and Luke just like carries him with the force <laughs> yeah. as he's walking. Love that. That was funny. So cute. So cute. Yeah. 
Um, I guess to get back to Boba, because this really shows you how much Boba was in this series, because we're just talking about Luke and Grogu the whole time. Um, but him, I think that him riding the Rancor was really a great payoff in the finale. That is one thing that I think they really did tie well from establishing in the beginning and then bringing it back around. Um, that that was definitely my favorite part of the finale. I thought the whole Rancor action scenes were awesome. Yeah, I think the whole battle, I think it had its its pluses and minuses. I think when everyone first came to like when, so when everyone first came together and like all the pikes were charging them, honestly, I really had flashbacks to like OG Battlefront and I was like there was like droids coming down the way. I was like you're in the streets of Tatooine like there's droids coming down and then Boba who's like, I don't know if they use the same voice. I don't think Tamora Morrison did the voices for the clones in um, Battlefront, but it sounds just like him. He goes, cover me, and then, like, runs out. It literally sounded exactly like I was in the Battlefront game because you can literally say, like, if you're playing as a clone, you could say that to, like, your other troops. Cover me. So I was like, oh, we're in Battlefront. Mad cool. Um, they probably took some inspiration from it, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. I loved it. I felt just like and, a battle. And for that. the other listeners that may not be 24, 25 like us, we're talking about the 2004 yeah. good battle. Yeah. 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 Not yeah. the, e- <laughs> um, not the microtransaction garbage that you might know. Uh, it is the OG <laughs> battle. We're the boomers of Star Wars now. <laughs> oh, but yeah, I, I, help I, us. I did like that original, like them all coming together. Like everyone, like what's his name? The Wookiee. I can't remember his name. Chrysanthemum is like limping over the the um, mods come over and help. Like I like the mods. I didn't like their bikes, but I like like their involvement because I have like a connection to the city. Um, I enjoyed that whole beginning. I thought Mando and Boba like flying up together was real cool. Um, I think eventually, like once they were moving around the city, it was hard to like follow where the two droids were going. Mando was like, he was like, distract them, protect everyone. And Mando only got like one away. And then it was like, he was running away and he was fine. And then he was on this speedy little bike thing with Grogu. And then he was like, go faster, go faster. And then he fell off and they were still like running away from it. I felt like it was a lot of like moving around the city and just like taking cover behind things. And it got a little bit boring after a while, but I, I enjoyed like certain moments of it. It, it was a lot of them hiding behind things and shooting at shields, which was annoying because once the shields were finally down, they stopped shooting at the droids. Yeah. They were just shooting at the shields. I agree. The I was time. like, why are you still shooting at them? I noticed that. Yeah. But I, I just, I mainly the Rancor part was my favorite. I did like when they were flying around, which is cool. I was waiting for them to like actually use the jetpacks, but majority of it was kind of a little stale with an with them like just hiding behind things yeah those roads are totally I, I honestly thought that that scene with boba and mando as they're getting ready to go out and face the pikes i loved it like i loved the conversation of like realizing a little bit of how like boba is seeding in and understanding why like you know Din has followed the, the the Mandalorian creed and buys into the system, but then he's also making the concession of like, you know, I, I follow this creed, but like, obviously he's been kicked out. Like, I think there was a really nice moment between the two of them before they go out. Also, I know we talked about comic relief, the Twi'lek, like ambassador for the mayor going out with a tablet. Awesome. Yeah. Like, fantastic i thought that was all of the comic relief that you needed in this episode of him literally walking out thinking that he's going to like be this master orator that like 
you know, finds a diplomatic solution to this. And then he just goes out and he's like, there's no concession. Like, I love that. Thought it was great. I, I like in the first two episodes, like when, like, this was another thing that kind of annoyed me initially is that I feel like they spent so much time with Boba, like just traveling back and forth from Jabba's palace to the mayor's place to talk to him. And like, I didn't really like the twilight guy at the beginning, but that scene in the finale was so funny. Yeah. So when he's hysteric, like now I think he's, he's really, I love that scene, but Jake, I thought of you when Palimoto and him met up because I knew you hated both those characters. I was like, Jake is gonna love this. I thought of you. Um, I did. So another circling back to what I said earlier about them, not like fully addressing certain things and like kind of leaving things open. I, kind of still don't understand like Jango Fett and man and uh, Boba Fett's relationship with the Mandalorians. Like, I don't know that they ever nail it down. Like in the legends, it's like they have this huge history and like pretty sure Jango Fett led Mandalore at one point in Canon. It seems like they're like not really Mandalorians, but also like kind of wannabe. And in the Mandalorian, he's like, Oh look, like I am Mandalorian. Like this is my armor from whenever it's like weird. And then he's like, oh, you buy into that? Like, I don't quite understand if Boba Fett or Jango Fett is a Mandalorian. And I don't know that they want to answer that question because I think they want to, like, leave it open and, like, leave what happened in Legends open while also, like, having him not be a Mandalorian. I don't know. I just think it's a little weird how they want to dress it. So I thought about this, and this was one of the questions that I had, too. And I went back to... There were two instances that I could remember where... Um, this was kind of addressed. One was in um, Mandalorian where Boba Fett's introduced. And like you said, he like pulls up the, you know, the information on the suit. And uh, he actually, he says, Boba says to Mando, like my father was a foundling. So there's the line where he says that he's a foundling at that point. The other scene was in Clone Wars where it's the first instance where Obi-Wan goes to visit Mandalore. And I think he's talking with the prime minister. Yep. And he pulls mm-hmm. up a video mm-hmm. of Django. I think it was Django fighting on Geonosis. There was a, a, an instance of Django where he's talking about, I recently ran into this bounty hunter wearing Mandalorian armor. And the only thing that I thought about was like the, the prime minister refutes that he's like, well, he's not one of ours. Like he's not, he's not one of us, but also like, we know that the prime minister was corrupt and lies all the time. I don't, so we I don't, don't trust that line. Yeah. I never truly did. I think like from the Mandalorian we've seen so far that there's so many different sects and breakouts. Like clearly like Mando is not from Death Watch. He's from this crazy alt-right like Death Watch that can't take off their helmets or whatever. Like it's, like no one has heard of them. Like Bo-Katan is like, oh, you're from like a crazy like cult version of us. Like clearly there's so many offshoots of them. I think that Jango was just a foundling of one of those offshoots. Like – and they say in the Mandalorian that he like fought in the Mandalorian civil wars. So I'm guessing he's just like fought in like a smaller tribe of Mandalorians that kind of just like fell off planet. And then, yeah, yeah. I just think it's something that I wish they addressed a little bit more. Um, I was going to say something. I forget that, that that's why like I wanted them to develop that a little bit more in this series, because like why, if he, tur- if he's so obsessed with turning over a new leaf and not being a bounty hunter, why does he care about his, getting his armor back exactly. so much from, yeah. from Mando, you know? Yeah. Like, that's what confused me. It confused me that all these things were so disparate. And also, tell me if you think I'm wrong, but, like, the original trilogy, they established Jabba the Hutt as a gangster, kind of like the Godfather, like, 
clearly like a crime boss. Mm-hmm. Whereas like in this series, in the end, like where he's like, I'm the protector of the city. Like this is my city. Like I'm keeping the streets safe. Like and people are bowing to him. Like he feels more like a police captain than like a crime boss. Well, I like, think he's going about it differently than Jabba too. But I, I don't. I I think it's kind of like a weird progression because he like takes over Jabba's palace and like Jabba did rule that land. And I then it's like he kind of seems like a rookie and he doesn't know what he's doing and he's like, oh look, there's coins in my helmet. And then it's like at the end he's like a protector and he's like, these are my people. But like, I don't think we got enough time with him to like one get that storyline or two learn much about him about how he feels about Django and how he feels about the Mandalorians and why he cares about his armor. So I don't know. It felt like there was a few things that I just could have used a little bit more time. We should also acknowledge that Jabba was a slave trader and a slave owner. <laughs> uh, so like True. Boba's definitely taking a different route to that. Like, I, I don't think that there's any way that you can compare Boba and, and Django because I don't think that Boba's or Boba and Django, Boba and Jabba um, because I don't think that there's a comparison, but like I said earlier, there's one way to fix it, and you feed the crime bosses to the Rancor. That is how Boba can establish his dominance and say, look, like I'm I'm a protector, but don't mess with me. Like if you mess with me, you are going to get fed to my giant monster. And I think it really would have like you like we kind of talked about where they're going to take if they end up We lost him. Oh. Well. <laughs> what I was going to say <laughs> is um, when you were saying that there were just some things that we just needed more of, in that way, if you think about it, it's very much in the spirit of Boba Fett because in the original trilogy, we get five lines of him and we're like, we need more of him. So I guess it's very much in the spirit of OG Boba Fett because we didn't get enough of him. Yeah, we de- we definitely did not get enough of him. Um, also, w- like, why didn't they use? I feel like his ship is so like it's like his it's like almost as important to him as the Millennium Falcon is to Han, yeah. and like they didn't even really use it in the end if you think about it at all. I've thought about that today. I- yeah, I just thought about that during this podcast. I don't know, man. I I think maybe. I think Lucasfilm is also kind of maybe straight away from that because I know they changed the name from Slave One to something else, so maybe that's yeah. why. But also, but like, they still use it, and it's still like big in the man, in the the Mandalorian. Maybe because like he, this was all on Tatooine. They felt like they didn't need to use it. I guess, but it would have been cool. He could have blown like the freaking pikes out of the water with it. I don't really care about the pikes. <laughs> <laughs> like the pikes are so cool. And that could have been like really cool if you spent more time with them and maybe even introduced someone like Kira, like, and connected it to the larger like syndicates, connected it to many more bounty hunters. Like Cad Bane could have been the main bounty hunter hunt- hired by the pikes, but you could have had Bosk and Dengar. And I kind of thought Kira was going to be in it at certain points. Yeah. A lot of people thought Han was going to be in it and Chewie. Which I didn't think mm. I felt like that would have been forced. Like, and who would have like? Would they just have CGI'd them too? I don't need that. We have Luke. Like, I don't. I don't know. I didn't need that. You know, we need more Boba Fett. Yeah, we need more Boba Fett. Um, I want Kira to be a character moving forward, though. I will say, I think, get Amelia Clark back. Come on. 
they they got to do it somehow. I know. I they be- like left it on the cliffhanger in Solo and like never address it. Maybe Andor. Andor. If I'm fine with them, honestly, I'm fine with them sidelining Andor for any characters. Cad Bane, Kira, sideline him. I don't need to see him in his own show. Do that to him, not Boba Fett. As long as he has K2SO with him. Yeah, don't sideline K2SO. One of the best droids. Name it K2. Which also they showed K2 droids in a yeah. flashback. With yeah. Man, was not expecting them to show the Great Purge, which is so. That funny. was like scary. Like that was sad. That was real sad. I can't believe that happened to Mandalore. All because all because Sabine just handed the lightsaber to Bo-Katan. SMH. Love that callback. It made me happy. So cool. That was really cool. Um, but technically, it's it's really more Sabine's fault because she didn't win it from Darth Maul. She just took it from Darth Maul. Well, no, but I think I was I've done a lot of things on this. Watch some scenes. I think that Sabine wins it anyway because she just takes it from all. And then she um, loses it to Gar Saxon. And then she, like, not loses it. Like, not, like, I think he, I don't know when exactly he takes it from her. I forget in Rebels. But then she then beats him on the ice. So she, like, wins it back, I think. You can't help that you just find it. Like, what are you supposed to do? Leave it there and wait for someone else to take it so you can beat them. But then she beat, like, Gar Saxon. You know what I mean? So I guess it's Maul's fault if you think about it. But Palpatine be Maul. Palpatine is the true ruler of Mandalore. But did he use the Darksaber when he faced Palpatine? Yes, he did. I'll have to go back and watch that. <laughs> That's a great, one of the best Star Wars fights. So good. Um, for those of you listeners who are not watching on YouTube right now, we lost our friend Trent. Uh, seems like he had some bad, wi- some bad Wi-Fi. Yeah, I think his power went out. Power went out to him. What should we do? Are we gonna are we gonna wait for him? Um, I think we can keep going. Keep going. We're almost done. We're almost at the end anyway. <laughs> I mean, realistically, if they do a second season, and and I I already see this is happening. Like now, you, I didn't think of it initially. We touched on it earlier in this episode that there, that last line that he says to Fennec is like, "We're not cut out for this." And originally, I didn't know who they were talking about, like who they could be talking about to take it over, because it kind of sounds like they're talking about Mando, because it cuts right to Mando. But now I'm thinking they mean Convent. Convent. I feel like they he could give, like, the role of the Daimyo to Convent. But I feel like I I just don't really care, honestly. Like, what does this season matter if like you're just gonna give it over to someone else? I don't know. Yeah. And I feel like you, if he's really turning over a new leaf, unless like this fight with Cad Bane like really unlocked the ruthlessness in him, like it doesn't make sense for him to be like hunting down Mace Windu. Yeah. I don't know. I think I could do with or without a season two. Um, I think it's kind of clear that they don't, people only care about the Mandalorian. <laughs> um, I think. We couldn't get a se- we could get a season two. I hope Mando's not in it, honestly. I love Mando, but like we need to we need to get things going that don't have to revolve around Mando in this era. Yeah. Um but yeah, I, if we get a season two, I want it to be about Boba Fett. I wanted to explore more of his relationship with Django, the way he felt about uh Mace and 
Honestly, I, I want to see more about his, about Django because I think that would help explain whether or not he's technically a Mandalorian or like Django is a Mandalorian. Um, they just but yeah, more like, they, like they just need more <laughs> with it. Like, I'm now I'm thinking of the Star Wars meme now, the Kylo Ren. More, more. more. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I I also think that that this show really solidified for me um i know like back a few years ago when they were like just kind of talking about the shows um everyone kind of assumed that ezra would be like the main star wars character to like lead the show universe don't think that's true at all i actually think it's definitely mando um which is i'm kind of good with because it's it's cool that's we've seen Ezra's story in Rebels. Um, I like that they kind of started this whole like offshoot show universe based around the Mandalorian. And I think he like was literally just a bounty hunter. And I think he's probably going to become the leader of Mandalore one day and like reestablish it. I think he's really the main choice, which I didn't know that I wanted. I kind of wanted it to be Bo-Katan or Sabine, but now I want it to be Mando. No, um, so I, Mando. Yeah, I'd much rather it be Mando. And his show is The Mandalorian. So I hope that's what it's been building towards this whole time. I didn't really realize that when it was first going on. And um, it's nice that we're getting, like, literally the characters I cared most about in the show were characters I didn't know a few years ago. And it's not, like, falling back on the old characters or, like, just giving you new characters to serve plot purposes. Cough, cough, the sequels. Um, (laughs) It's, like, characters you actually, like, really enjoy on screen and, like, People in a Boba Fett show were more excited to see Mandalorian. Like you literally heard the music for the Mandalorian, and everyone lost their minds. Um, Can we talk about also speaking of people being excited to see characters, or just having a reaction to seeing characters? Like, did you get any sort of sense that anybody in this world knows Boba Fett's reputation? I feel like kind of, but not really. Like people are like, oh, I. It made it seem like when he would walk into the bar, for example. That like the Twilight bar owner like knew who he was, but no one ever was like, "You're Boba Fett." Like I'm scared of you. Like even like the the annoying Twilight that uh, <laughs> the major domo for the mayor, mm-hmm. like he's a w- a wimpy little guy. Like you would think he would be scared of Boba Fett when he saw him. Rather than yeah, I don't know. And that other random guy, which really had nothing. The guy who was selling water was like, no one was no one oh respects you. I love that actor too. He's great. Do you know what he's from? No, he's from Dodgeball. Oh my god! Wait, who is he? Dodgeball. He's a uh, oh my the guy with the the glasses where he's like you gotta get angry. He got oh mean. oh what? Yeah. Oh my god! And he's in Barry. He's a great actor. Like he it's so underutilized in this show. He aged like a he aged so well. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I I wish his reputation like preceded him a little bit. Yeah. Um, I can't or I wish it was like. You're Boba Fett, but everyone knows you fell in a Sarlacc pit and no one respects you anymore. Yeah. That, that would have been cool. Would, like, obviously, no one re- respected Bib Fortuna because he's freaking Bib Fortuna and he got I'm fat now. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, Boba Fett huge. is supposed to be like, like the most feared bounty hunter in a galaxy aside from Cad Bane. I know. Um, yeah. Yeah. Wish we got more of the standoff between them, but I do I, honestly. I'm fine with Cad Bane being dead, even though he's like one of my favorite villains in Star Wars. Um, I feel like his his story is mainly pre Empire and like yeah, Empire. and I'm good with that. I don't need everyone to last. Like I'm good with, especially in Star Wars. I love a death because you can just explore what happened before. Um, 
and that's the beauty of Star Wars. You can kind of fill in gaps. Um, yeah, you know, if we get more of him in something like Andor or the Bad Batch, like it. Could... We got him in the Bad Batch. No, but I, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like him and we... Fennec fought in the Bad Batch. I wish we got a little standoff between them. I wish we she called it out more. Like, yeah. That, yeah. No one was surprised to see Cad Bane. You would. I wish she was like, like Bane. Like that's all I needed. Literally, like. She wasn't surprised to see him. Even I feel like Din Djarin would like know who Gat- Cad Bane is and be more surprised. Din Djarin does not know he's in Star Wars. He doesn't. Yeah. He really does not know he's in Star Wars. I watched a whole YouTube video about it. It's so funny. Literally, anytime they mention anything that anyone knows from Star Wars, he's like, what's that? You have to send it to me. <laughs> um, yeah. No, but like, I feel like if they do, if they do happen to explore him in Andor somewhere in the past, it could make this appearance in Boba better. Like, yeah, I don't think we need like as well. I would have liked a little bit more dialogue. I don't think we needed him to live or have like a huge expanded role in it. I think if we get a little bit more color on how he trained Boba in those years that we don't really get thus far, we might like look back on this episode and be like, "Wow, that was a really good ending for him." You know? There's yeah. Always, there's always opportunities to add more. Yeah, and I think this is probably the best ending for him. I don't really see him surviving and like them giving him a better ending than Boba Fett. Um. And like that proves Boba Fett's like really the best bounty hunter. I think that's something we've wondered for a while. I think Din's the best bounty hunter. Well, he's not a bounty hunter. He's the Mandalorian. But he's a bounty hunter. He's not really a bounty hunter anymore, though. But I, I think I always wondered like who who would like is Cad Bane a higher level than like Din Boba? And I'm glad we kind of got that answer where he he kind of shot Boba down, but Boba like had a final life. I think that was a good way to do it. I think they were kind of. I think they they meant to set it up in this episode that they're equals. But, yeah, and and Cadman had like the slightest inch on him, but Boba's time with the Tuscans like yeah, him above. I'm with it. I'm with it. Yeah. Didn't call anyone little lady though. My only complaint about oh. Cadman, <laughs> not my only, but that's one of my complaints about Cadman. I and love. He says it to Ahsoka. He says it to Omega. And didn't say uh, we'll have to dance another time. Another time. <laughs> that's a random quote we always say to each other. Yeah. Um, yeah is our, is our friend returning to us is, is i don't like, think so is he safe is he all is right, he all right? <laughs> great one use of new, quote one of my new favorite quotes to be honest. <laughs> um yeah i love cat band i hope we get more of him um i have a question i know we talked a little bit about like where that kind of show universe is going but star wars as a whole i feel like back in the day it was like the movies and then the show, the animated shows were like the movies were its own thing. And then the animated shows were like its own kind of little pocket of the universe. And now they're showing how important the animated shows are. But we're also like hoping all those animated characters come into live action. Like they're bringing uh, Ahsoka into live action. They're bringing Cad Bane into live action. Um, I know the Bad Batch is like still kind of going on, but it doesn't really have that much traction. Do you think now for like the next few years, the future of Star Wars is like, just live action shows like the animated shows are kind of going to like fall into the background again a little bit or not really exist at all. I don't think so. I think especially with Dave Filoni, like taking such a big part in these live action shows, I feel like they're not only grooming him to start doing like movies and maybe running his own live action show without someone like John Favreau, they're grooming him to possibly be the successor for Kathleen Kennedy. And he he got his start with animation. I think like he has so much love for that medium 
given he, he started with Avatar The Last Airbender, you know? Yeah. So I feel like he has so much love for that medium and being that he's like kind of one of the top dogs, I don't think he'll let that die out. I think animation will always have a place at Star Wars. No, I think they just see more money in the live action shows. I think just so many more people watch them. People consider animated shows like children's shows and just tend not to watch them as much. But I, I also think they know that they have their hooks in like hardcore Star Wars fans and that they're worth, we're going to watch. The I want another lot like animated show. Honestly, I'd be, I would have been fine if like the whole Sabine Ezra thing was explored in an animated show. Um, I think my real question is, will we get Ashley Eckstein back as Ahsoka ever? Mm. I hope so. Question. Bad Batch. Is the only thing I can I don't think, think she'll be in Bad Batch. No. No, I just think the era doesn't really fit into her story that well. I would love to see them adapt how she got her white lightsabers animated, but I don't think they'll do that because I don't think they really repeat that kind of stuff that's already been done in comics. Well, they repeated her fighting Maul and stuff that was kind of in the in the book in her book, um, but it's not like directly; it's more of a flashback. The Mandalore stuff. Yeah, it's like a flashback in her book that she like thinks about it. And actually she has a green lightsaber in, in it, I, I believe, when mm-hmm. she thinks back on it. But um, yeah, I don't know. I would love to see her getting the white lightsaber. I don't know that we will, though. I, I would like- all love that. I'd rather see that than the Ahsoka show. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just because you don't like Rosario Dawson. No, I'm actually excited for the Ahsoka show. I am, I am too, especially... That's probably the one I'm most excited for because I think it has the potential to change my mind on rosario the logo is very reminiscent of a world between worlds i want to see some of that i want to see some of ezra i want to see some of thrawn i want to see some of sabine i think i'm really gonna like that show and i think part of the reason i didn't love rosario is because she was kind of shoved into the mandalorian and i didn't love that episode in general but um go listen to our podcast of me of us talking about that episode from way back when i don't know the episode number off the top of my head Go listen to all of our podcasts. Yeah. Um, have you heard the theory that the world between worlds caused a split timeline? And I think Bo- Book of Boba Fett kind of denied the theory, but the theory is that the timeline where Darth Vader would have killed Ahsoka is the timeline of the sequel trilogy because you hear her voice when Ray is is like speaking to all no, the Jedi, no, and at the timeline where no. Ezra saved her is the timeline of the Mandalorian. No, no, no. I would hate that because that's just like a way to like be like the sequels aren't that'd be so X-Men of them. Yeah. Would hate that. <laughs> like uh, own your own your stuff. And um I just don't think it could be. Like then I there, there's no connection to the sequels at all. I don't know. I wouldn't like that. I also think the time travel in Star Wars has done really well that it's like circular, kind of like Harry Potter time travel, where it's like I, I, I think the Star Wars the Star Wars time travel is done really well. I don't think it's circular like Harry Potter, and we also disagree on Harry Potter time travel. But that's well, for another episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, I think I, the, no, the time travel is done impeccably without doing branch timelines in Star Wars. That's what I'll say. About yeah, that? I don't think it should be done, but it is an interesting theory that like to think about. Like there definitely is a branch timeline now because I don't, I don't, I don't think so. But we're not going to get into the interesting time episode. travel. <laughs> no, I feel like the future of the shows they're clearly very focused on between um the sequel trilogy and the original trilogy because it's like nothing's been developed there which rightfully so there's a lot of opportunity there but i really hope that they start going before the prequels to be honest i want to see the high republic i want to see like darth plagueis era like maybe a younger mace windu like 
that kind of stuff. Yeah, I kind of wish they would just explore some other eras. I said this about Visions too. Actually, we did talk about Star Wars recently. Um, I said this, said this about Visions too. I think Is that our last of- episode? Maybe we talked about it much more recently. It's been a while since we recorded an episode. We, we took a little break for, uh, for a couple of um, Yeah, I think, um, I think they should start exploring other eras. I think there's like, you don't have to fit, like shoehorn yourself into a timeline then. And like, if you just give us new characters that we've never seen before, and there's a lot of opportunity there. Um, explore some other eras. Yeah, I agree. Don't check it. <laughs> Another Mandalorian rattling quote. off Star Wars quotes this episode. I am on fire, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. Yep. But that's all I had about Boba Fett. That's all I had about Boba Fett too. And with that, we lost a good one today. Uh, Our friend Trent. R.I.P. Trent. Lost power, but R.I.P. Um. So. Who knows if Boba Fett is going to have a second season? If it does, we're going to re- review it. So, yeah. <laughs> follow join, us up at Popcorn Heist and join, join the Heist. Heist. See you guys. Thank you.